In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. You're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm a made-up book from the Bible, and I'm Evan. I'm Pied Piper Jesus, and I'm Ronnie. We're here to talk about TV shows that have only lasted for a single season. <laughs> We're covering the amazing 1997 uh-huh. Roar, which is all on YouTube, and it's very odd and very good. Uh-huh. But before we get into that, I want to talk about Hot Daddies. Ooh. Okay. Uh, it, it has to do with Roar. I'm not just horny, but let's talk about some Hot Daddies. <laughs> Not just horny. <laughs> I mean, like, we're not talking about Jesus. I mean, if Jesus technically didn't have any kids, unless you're going with the fact that we are all the Lord's children. Yeah, yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> In which case, he can be your choice for hot daddy. It's a choice. It's a definite choice. <laughs> there are some rather sensual uh, statues and There's Jesus the- Christ Superstar is very mm. rampant with sexual Jesus imagery. It's very homoerotic. Sure also, is. there's there's Jesus fan fiction. There <laughs> absolutely is. I'm pretty sure it's not ironic either. Um, Are we talking about the Book of Mormon? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I wasn't. No. Pew, but- pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take that, Mormon listeners. I'm very sorry. Your 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 spirituality is valid. That that guy though that that one guy he wasn't a good guy. I'm sorry, Mormons. It you know I'm not saying that you're you're bad because that guy was bad, but that one that first guy uh, he didn't he didn't have all his shit together. Just saying that the 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 Lord uses all people for his whims. I think we've pandered to our Mormon audience quite enough. This yeah, far. let's stop talking <laughs> let's about Mormonism. <laughs> okay, so what's the bit? Hot daddies. Hot daddies. Yeah, we're talking about hot daddies. Uh, what prompted this? Anything specific? Or you just because like... Fergus wants to bone his daughter. Uh, so we're okay. talking about hot daddies. That's not... Uh, now I really don't... Now I don't like this expression. Especially because my hot daddy was going to be Fergus. Uh, oh, Ronnie, bad choice. <laughs> bad choice, bad choice. Hot so we, we have Jesus and Fergus so far. <laughs> <laughs> I could think of a better one. Okay, let's hear it. I mean, not this second. I've got to think of it first. Mine is going to be Vernon Dursley, who also happens to be a hot uncle. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is what is happening right now? What was the descriptor podcast? that you said? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's a what awesome, is your criteria for also hot daddy? a choice. These are some choices people are making, and none of them are correct. I I had a serious answer, but y'all went silly, so I went silly. (laughs) So we get our silly hot daddy and our serious hot daddy. What's your serious? What's your serious answer? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Neil Patrick Harris. He's a dad, and he's very attractive. Mm. He's not really my type. He's a little like he he, he doesn't quite fit like the the like. When you think of like dad, I would think someone maybe with a bit more gray, like Joe Magnola, mm. who's also very hot. I don't know if he has a kid though, so I don't know if he can be a hot daddy. Uh, my choice for hot daddy would be um, Moss Mickelson. 
Ooh, mm-hmm. good choice. Mm-hmm. Them cheekbones. Yeah. He's also got that very, very classy, tasteful gray hair. Like it's it's mostly gray now, but he's still it's still like looking thick and good, you know. He he he's also the bitch. He is the bitch. Yeah, he is he's the, bitch. the bitch. Um, Ronnie looked very like pensive there. <laughs> well, because I, I was thinking, um, I I know that we are a strictly uh, adventure zone. Um, we're not an Adventure Zone podcast, but this podcast, as far as D&D content goes, we are specifically yeah, here you, for the Adventure Zone. You better but, watch uh, your mouth coming out here soon. I know, I know. I, I just have to say that uh, that uh, Travis Willingham from uh, from Critical Role. I don't know who that he, is. He's, he's very attractive. He he's is, got very large arms. He does. <laughs> and he just had a baby. And that makes him a daddy. Yeah. Uh, I saw a meme the other day, and it was... Uh, like what the what pop culture thinks of like D and D nerds, and it was like scrawny, sweaty, like please pass the Mountain Dew, and then it was like reality, and it was Joe Magnola and Travis Willingham, <laughs> like are, like like hanging out at a critter table, yeah. and it was like pass the protein shake, bro, <laughs> <laughs> and I like died. Their arms are massive. Yes. It's, they're both very scary. I've, I've seen are. this meme that you're referring to, and yeah, they, they do look like several bodybuilders just happened to sit down mm-hmm. at a, a D&D. It looks table. like they're doing a fantasy uh, fantasy football draft. It doesn't look like they're playing right. D&D. They're scary in a very confusing way. Yeah. That I I'd let, hi- I'd let him use his barbarian spirit totem rage on me. <laughs> That's very on brand. All right. I don't know what sort of barbarian he plays. I'm sorry, critter listeners. I don't. I'm sure he. I'm sure he's a rage barbarian and not a spirit totem barbarian. Actually, now that I think of it. But you know what? Spirit totem's cooler. I'll say it. There's been two campaigns. You've got a pretty good chance of. Is he playing barbarians in both? Maybe that would be amazing. I think Travis Willingham is contractually (laughs) obligated. I I am playing the same character just with an S in front of their name now. I'm going to be a paladin (laughs) again. If Travis ever, tra- he's like, I want to roll a rogue. I think Wizards of the Coast would kick in the door and say, no, we didn't We didn't create this game so you could play a rogue. I thought Travis you were going to say we didn't create you to play a rogue. <laughs> as if Travis Willingham was somehow put together in a, in a Wizards of the Coast like lab underground. To Gary Gygax's greatest secret. <laughs> as an aside, uh, the most uh, entertaining and true to life uh, media representation of Dungeons and Dragons that has ever been uh, released to the public is the D&D episode of Voltron. This is true. Yeah. Oh. It, the people who wrote the D&D episode of Voltron clearly play D&D all the time with their friends. It was quite good. It was It was really funny. It was good shit. Nifty. I, I want to be a paladin again. <laughs> oh, Shiro. Oh, Shiro. You're yeah. a paladin in real life! Uh, all right, let's talk about this show. What's this show about? This show, I'm not Daddies. sure anymore. I'm not sure anymore. Um, all right, but lately, of late, we have been watching episodes four and five and six, and they're kind of a mixed bag, but here's how they went down. If by mixed bag you mean pure gold, then yes, continue. <laughs> a mixed bag of electrum coins and gold coins. <laughs> uh, so episode four is called Banshee, and Connor and crew, Connor and Co, the Connor gang, 
is uh Connorites. The the Canarians. Oh Co- uh, Co- Co- Connor Connervians. Connervians. Connorers. Um the Connors! Okay. No, right, not that sh- one. Sh- that's sh- a bad one. Sh- 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 <laughs> Let's talk about Roar. <laughs> Evan, sh- Evan sh- why aren't you doing your recap sh- yet? Sh- 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 <laughs> um, uh, so the, 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 our, our, main, our main fellows and uh, ladies are uh, meeting with a, another tribe to try to bring them into this coalition of tribes who are rising up against the Romans. And this tribe is like, eh, maybe. And uh, they hear a shrieking somewhere out in the wilderness. And the tribe's like, what? It's a banshee. When banshees scream, people die. We got to kill it. So um, they run out in the woods. And Connor's crew's like, okay, I guess we're going along with this. And they find this lady. And Connor's crew's like, wait, we can't kill her. It's just a lady. Like, she was screaming, it's just a lady. It's just a lady. And, uh... So throughout the course of this episode, it is revealed that this woman, in fact, has prophetic visions of people's deaths, and these torment her so much that she sort of has fits of shrieking, like, in response to these horrifying visions of death. And uh, she she foresees what she thinks is uh, uh, Connor's death and saves him, and... Uh, like, at the end, it turns out it was her death that she was foreseeing because Connor gives her his cloak and she, like, sees an arrow, like, like piercing his brooch in his cloak or whatever, but she's wearing it. And, and so she, like, foresees her own death at the hands of this, uh, this clan leader that had been dead set on killing her. But they, they set up the Banshee as a, a, a sympathetic figure in this one, which was it's pretty cool. Real Shyamalan twist on this guy. Yeah, yeah. Except um, not. Except not, definitely not. not terrible. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Anyway. Oh, well, there's uh, that, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, about it. We're not we'll talking about it. fans over here. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk the about last it. Last airbender is all <laughs> I have to say, my good, <laughs> my good sir. Oh, my God. Evan, why aren't you recapping? <laughs> Y'all are fired. Um, <laughs> welcome to Evan Pending. <laughs> welcome to Evan Pending, the Evan only review show. Do you um, review other Evans? Yes. <laughs> Who's first? Who no, no? Who Evan Almighty? I don't know why Evan Almighty is the first one to came re- review Steve Carell in Evan Almighty. No. Okay. I refuse to watch Evan Almighty, so no. It, it was better. Um, it was better than Bruce. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to review this? it. Can we talk about this fucking show, please? <laughs> we Episode five. Doyle's solution. Doyle's solution. It is not a solution, friends. Oh boy, what oh, an anti-solution. Man. So uh, this uh, this fellow comes across them on the road. When I say them, I mean Connor's crew. Again, uh, they're all traveling together as a crew, like they do. Um, this this fellow uh, with some children comes along, and then another fellow's like, "That fellow stole my children! Stop him! He's taking my children!" And they're like, "Wait, kids, who's your dad?" And they say, uh, "The they do oh, like, like a fucking Airbud." Yeah. Yeah, they do a, <laughs> run to your dad, run to your dad. Um, but anyway, uh, the kids are like, no, this, uh, this fellow we're with is our dad, not the yelling guy. Uh, and so they're like, okay, well, case closed then. Uh, and then they find out that this, this guy 
has a whole fucking army of little children that are following him around that were hidden in the woods this whole time. And he's just got like, like a, a, a whole collection of children, human children that are just going around with him. And they're like, well, this is fucking weird. I think we may have made the wrong decision here. Uh, maybe these are not all his children. And so they confront him about it, and he's like, oh, yeah, my dead wife, uh, my wife died, and she would have wanted me to adopt all these children and take care of them. Even though some of them apparently have families, I'm adopting them because I'm better for them. Uh, and he has this, uh, early in the show, they, they, uh, Connor and Fergus make this joke about, like, LOL, Fergus, when was the last time you got laid? LOL. Um, which sort of came out of nowhere and felt distasteful. But anyway... Uh, there's also this, like, I I'm gonna say she's an adult, but she's a young adult. She's, like, late teens, early 20s. Uh, this lady traveling with, the the guy, the Pied Piper guy with the army of children is named Doyle. And this, uh, nearly grown woman is, is traveling with them. Because she and Doyle are buds, I guess, uh he adopted her as well when she was little and like now she's just still hanging and um fergus is is hitting on her and connor and is connor's hitting, on, hitting her. on her and it's very weird and then through a series of happenstance they figure out that it's actually fergus's daughter that what? he accidentally abandoned and uh, like and then tried to like smooch on yeah it, it's bad yeah it, he was fully he was gonna bang her like up until the second he realized that it was his daughter um yeah so then like connor's still hitting on her because like that's fine also they're about the same age so like that that's fine but fergus gets like this weird like dad rage jealousy and like gets mad at connor and, and it's then, then like talking shit about Connor. Yeah, and it's it's weird. It's that's weird. And then Doyle, uh, it turns out, is like obsessed with her because she reminds him of his dead wife. And then even Doyle, though he raised her, yeah, which even is though weird. he raised her from the time she was like seven, which is so weird. And then like he tries to like kidnap rape her I, he doesn't really tr outright try to rape her but that's like the implication that that's what his intention is uh and uh like fergus saves her and then she's like thanks dad i'm gonna go have my own adventures now bye and like that that girl gets the fuck out of dodge which was absolutely the right choice um so yeah that was what happened in there uh in episode six, that was called Red Boot, and uh, there are some some guys, a guy with a weird haircut and his little sex boy, who also has a weird haircut, and they are looking for this document that is floating around somewhere. They're, they're determined to find it, and uh, we also get some more uh, backstory on... Uh, Longinus, you know how his we had that blurb in the beginning where he's like the the guy who stabbed Jesus with a spear. So like Longinus thinks that he's the good guy and that he had some kind of important destiny role to play in the whole Jesus thing, 
and that he he done did right. And these uh these strange hair guys, strange haircut guys are it turns out like looking for a lost book of the Bible that uh Catelyn has come into possession of through her friendship with this Roman guy. She's in some sort of like secret society of secret Christians or something. Yeah, yeah. And also this this other character who she's friends with was not introduced until like this episode and she's supposed to be real tight with him or whatever. But anyway, uh yeah, so she is like smuggling this like secret uh secret book of the Bible, this unknown book of the Bible. And she brings it to this scribe guy who's gonna, like, keep it safe. And the weird hair guys turn up to steal it. And then they get Indiana Jones because, like, they read it and it makes them burst into flames. Kind of pulled out a window. And, yeah, fly out a window. <laughs> and then, um, so not only is this, like, acknowledged, like, hey, everyone, Jesus wrote a letter to his brother and it's a lost book of the Bible. But, like, they have Catelyn read it so that we, the reader, or we, the viewer, are informed of the exact contents of this made-up book of the Bible, which seems like a weird choice. Hello, brother. It is me, Jesus the Christ. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, wait, what? Hey, bro, it's totally me, Jesus. What up? How's things? (laughs) Remember that wedding where I turned that water into wine? That was me, Jesus. Your brother. (laughs) Remember that time that you came to the mount and I was like, this is not my brother. These are my brothers. That was kind of, that was messed up. I'm sorry about that. I was going through some stuff. Last time we talked in canon, I told you to fuck off. I'm going to write you a letter because this is apocryphal. (laughs) Yeah, so, um... I mean, my headcanon is just that that was some more weird, um, like, Bible fanfiction. There was a lot of Bible fanfiction written post-Jesus by, you know, early Christians. So, yeah, this apparently had magical powers, but, yeah, it was very clearly some Bible fanfiction. Simon Magus wrote it. Yeah, Simon Magus wrote some Bible fanfiction. (laughs) Simon I'm Simon Magus. You know, from the Bible. (laughs) 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 <laughs> anyway, that's what happened in these here three episodes that we done did watched. They it were was a, it was a ride, yeah. It was wild, yeah. There's lots of ups and downs. <laughs> um Andy. Yeah. These three episodes of Heath Ledger's Roar, uh did they work for you? Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're so good. It's so good. I love it so much. Uh, it's it, it's a little bad, but so good. It's a lot bad. Evan. You. Yeah. Yes, Ronnie. Uh, based, based on that, I don't think I need to ask, I guess, but uh, these three episodes of Roar, are they working for you? Uh, I'm gonna say yeah, but it <laughs> definitely, it definitely was a mixed bag. Uh, I, I like, I was baffled. I was disturbed uh i was uh at moments i was intellectually stimulated and and then we were right back to the what the fuckery so i'm gonna say uh yeah it's got a a strong entertainment value for sure it's definitely an entertaining show i don't know that i can say it's a good show strictly speaking uh as far as like narrative and depth and stuff but yeah it 
it's given me it's given me some some quality entertainment. So I'm gonna say yes. It's it's working for me. Hey Ronnie. Hey yeah. Uh, are these are these three episodes of this here show working for you? Oh, without a doubt. Without yes. a doubt. <laughs> Fuck yeah. The the only moments where it wasn't was where I felt like uncomfortable. Un- uncomfortable. Yeah, I'll go with it. Uncomfortable because of uh, I think. <laughs> I think the reason that I said incomfortable was because I, the next word that was going to come out of my mouth was incest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I'm very uncomfortable with incest. Um, with, with yeah, it was, that was that was not great. But everything else, I just, it's going to like the weird places that like we've been wanting these shows to go to. And it's like, I'm, I'm not going to. Not gonna look this gift horse in the mouth. This is, this is a beautiful horse that someone's. Gifted. This is a more Dresden Files style absurd TV show than the Dresden Files was. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's more excusable than Dresden Files uh, because it's not, it's not trying hard. You know, it's just rolling with it. Like, yeah, what the fuck? We wrote a secret book of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the reason that I hesitated as far as like giving it a, a yes was was really just that that Fergus episode. Yeah, it was like, a bad that episode. Was, it was bad. Uh, that uh, I was I felt very I had a I had an icky feeling that whole episode, and I wasn't happy. It about was it. pretty bad. So that that was a a sharp uh, valley for me as far as enjoyment, but uh, overall, still, yeah, yeah. So cool, I have cool, cool. I, I have a theory about Roar. Um, I have a theory. Roar theories, twenty eighteen. Let's hear it. Um, I think whoever was making Roar, like whoever had the final say on the shit, was just doing whatever he thought was fucking cool, and that is why Roar is so weirdly inconsistent because this guy did not have the firmest grasp on what was cool, like spiked nineties hair with the frosted tips on a barbarian leader fuck yeah that's cool (laughs) just put gel in it weird slow motion hand crossbow attached to the wrist as he rises out of the water to make the kill shot fuck yeah that's cool and it's like no those things are those things are very lame but this guy thought it was cool let's give him guns let's give him guns (laughs) yeah guns are fucking cool Secret book of the Bible, written by Jesus Christ. Fuck yeah, that's cool. Let's put it in there. Some more wizards? Yeah. Yes, please. A weird little sex boy with throwing knives? <laughs> Fuck yeah, why not? Like, I'm, I'm like, so like confused and, and amazed by the weird little sex boy with the throwing <laughs> knives. Absolutely, 100% bizarre. But like, <laughs> this dude thought this shit was cool, and he was putting it in his barbarian TV show, even though it makes no sense, and while, like, so often it's very bad, it's bad in such a bizarre and specific way mm-hmm. that it's it's so good. The, the person in me, the creator in me that wants to take every storyline to its absolute, like, deepest conclusion, like, I feel like every one of these episodes could be, like, a Game of Thrones-esque season. Like, <laughs> like we're going to go hard into the building of the Bible. And all these weird, rather dashing from Homestar Runner looking dudes who are trying to stop us. We're gonna they're just gonna chase us all season long. And I want to learn more about this. Well, this entire is going show on. could have been about a secret society of Celts 
mm-hmm. who were Christian and were like smuggling pieces of the Bible yeah. to like their weird like monk homie. And instead it was one episode and I, like I guarantee to you they're not going to touch it again because that's how like Xena does. Like Xena comes in, like does something huge and then leaves. Like, but it like, yeah, that could have been a show. Uh, that was I, I, nuts. Yeah, we're talking about things we like at this point. Um, floors open and all. Um, yeah, it, it's just like I like the fact that they brought back in Baby Druid King and kids wise as shit all of a sudden. And <laughs> yeah, that kid, it. that kid ascended. His like, his delivery of the line "I'm seven was was absolutely great. That yes. little kid is quite a good child actor. Yes. Like, that kid is pulling it off. He was more convincing with his lines than Tully was recently. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. The Romans have caught them. They're in They're in danger. <laughs> Tully, you forgot how to act, my dude. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I don't think even the stars quite knew what was going on with the plot at that point. So I don't actually know if that actor knew whether or not like, they were really in danger or not. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, like, who, who knows? All the twists and turns with uh, Longinus have been great about, like, is he a good guy, is he a bad guy, what's going on there? Right. Um, he implies that his version of the story is what ends up in the Bible, and the show implies that he's lying, which is very interesting. Yeah, I'm not, like, uh, again, so, as I've said last week, I am not familiar at all with, like, the whole lore or the canon regarding this particular centurion. So, but like what the canon states is that the the Romans wanted to break Jesus' legs, which is something that was very common in crucifixion so that they die immediately. They tell a soldier, "Hey, go break his legs." The soldier was lazy and didn't want to do it cuz like that's a big heavy hammer. So he pokes Jesus with his spear tip Blood and water comes out, and he's like, look, the guy's already dead. There's no need to break his legs. And then uh, I think it's John, as like an aside to the audience, is like, thus fulfilling prophecy that the Christ bones wouldn't break. Um, hmm. Then, like, the lore around that Roman, uh, the Catholics kind of build it up that he got saved afterwards, and that his name was Longinus, and that the spear has, like, is like a relic. Like, like the Catholics like their relics. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's the spear that pierced Jesus' side. The show is saying Longinus not only stabbed Jesus, but, like, murdered him, killed him. Uh, A lot of, like, I don't know if this is from the Middle Ages, but a lot of modern Spear of Destiny mythology uh, revolves around the notion that the the spear is in fact what ended Jesus's life, not the crucifixion. Like he wasn't mm. he wasn't quite dead yet, and the spear like dealt the killing blow, and thus the spear is either magical or cursed or a relic or however the that media spins it, because that's like this is the spear that killed Christ. Or whatever. I just I just love that the episode that gave us a new book of the Bible secretly written by Jesus to his earthly brother uh, also is implying that somehow this mad wizard 
got his hands on the scriptures and altered them. And we've been reading the wrong Bible this whole time. What a, what a huge leap, uh, this show has, has given us. Uh, it's quite juicy. Mm hmm. In yeah, other things, it, we, oh, sorry, go ahead, Ronnie. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just marveling at this show's weirdness. Ronnie can't even, just Ronnie. The cannot. confidence of these writers to be like, yes, this is our plot. Yeah. Right? Uh, I feel like if you did that in the modern era, in the modern TV show landscape, uh, you would get fucking put on blast by every Christian group oh, in yeah. the world. There'd, like, be, there'd be so many clickbait would, articles about it. There would be protests it. in the streets. Like, everyone would be just appalled. But, uh, anywho, other things that we like. I personally, uh, was actually a big fan of the, the Banshee lore established in this universe. Uh, like the, like, like I said, the Banshee was in this case a sympathetic figure and she's just like one of a, of a, like, line of women who are like cursed with prophetic visions and like, they're not the ones who who cause death. They just like have this affliction where they see it happen, and like the horror of it, like basically makes them have a seizure where they scream a lot, and then somebody dies. Uh, so that was that was cool. It wasn't like a, a big fucking twist or something. It wasn't like a gotcha. It was just a, an interesting sort of revisit of that myth i think it was probably it was like it was the the most nuanced thing that they've done so far i would say there was more to that a mm-hmm. little bit than than a lot of the other like what the fuck episodes where they're maybe trying to be deep but aren't aren't getting there i kind of like the implication that like the evil roman figure was a historian and that was what like made him super evil is that like he records history with a with like his slant and his Roman bias and like the Celts saw that as, as like really threatening and evil. I, I thought that was like a fun, a fun way to have a villain. Uh, his weird mm. little sex boy was <laughs> bizarre. Weird little sex boy with the throwing knives. Yeah. Okay, we, we are saying boy, uh, we want to make it clear. <laughs> this show does not have like pedophilia in it, but this is, this is a grown no, man. No, no. He's just like a strange twink. He's, he's a little a strange twink with like bleach blonde hair that's all like shaved in the front and then spiked up in the back, and he's got these crazy eyes. Like <laughs> he looks like a schmiegel. He <laughs> he's yeah. a little schmiegel running around with th- throwing pins, and he like doesn't talk, and he just like lurks around the this guy's. Like the hem of his robe, he does some evil like making, acupuncture, making yeah. crazy eyes with his little, right. his little twink face. It's like if Schmeagel and the War Boys had a had a, a strange little son who loved knives, right. <laughs> and if there was like a Roman historian that was like super horny for him, yeah, with who also had bad hair. Yeah. Right, yeah. It was impossible to take either of those characters seriously as villains because their hair, their hair was something. It's cool. Trust me, it's cool. They found love in a hopeless place. That was very on brand, Ronnie. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I liked the whole, like, bit with, um, 
wasn't a bit, just like the third episode, it was like ripped from the headlines of 2018 of like, oh no, the Romans are creating fake news. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just oh, like, I, I, I mean, like, oh, we're going to change the history so that it doesn't, you know, affect our lives. Crucify him, sir. He's already dead. I don't care. Crucify him. Crucify the body. It was just like, what the fuck? Uh, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Uh, back to that kid being uh, quite a good child actor. Uh, all those lines he delivered about uh, like the Romans having written language and the Celts not having a written language, using stories and songs. Yeah, that yeah. that was that was real good. That was a good series of lines where he he was like uh, he was saying something about like they don't, they don't write songs or poems. They just have marks on paper, and that's how they lie. With their marks on paper and like I, I mean it's it sounds dumb the way I'm like no. repeating it, but like uh it was uh it was just a good it was a good little uh monologue he had about like the his his coming to understand the concept of written language and then uh Roman like hashtag fake news. Yeah. Evan kinda like did a dab as he said that, and I want our listeners to know. <laughs> It was it was nice. Uh, it, this this whole sh- show that is basically Heath Ledger screaming on a mountain, and I thought that was kind of the whole plot of the show. It's getting real Jesusy all of a sudden, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah very I, much so. I thought that uh, Longinus thing was just kind of like a throwaway thing, like oh, BT Dubs, he's uh, important because he stabbed Jesus. Yeah, that's that's that thing that we're bringing into this. But, uh, yeah, no, they're actually making that, like, a plot thing. I continue to like how, um, Longinus, and I'm blanking on the woman's name. Diana. Diana. How they're, like, in again, out again, like, frenemies with the main characters. Like, they're very clearly the, the long game villains of this show, but the, like, main cast hasn't quite figured that out yet. And I think the show is doing a good job of, like, playing that slowly. Yeah, for sure. Because they, they, they helped this episode. Mm-hmm. Like in a big way. Yeah, that, that kind of dynamic of the like amicable bad guy <clears throat> when like we're not even sure if Longinus is a bad guy. Like again, like I think somebody said it last week. Um I, I'm interested in this show focusing a lot more on Longinus and learning more about him and him just like even even the episode with the Banshee where he like follows the banshee because he's like "Ooh, maybe maybe someone will see how i die because i desperately want to die that was like a really interesting and, and and like deep plot point that like this show didn't have to chase it could have been just the the carinians canurians and uh and, and nothing else but longinus really got up in the mix there and i liked it yeah <sighs> you want to talk about what's bad Can, yeah I we mean, should else here here okay so this is this is something i have that's good but it's it's bad that i think it's good i wasn't kidding i love me some fergus Uh, (laughs) fergus i I am all about fergus on this show i don't think fergus like all in all is an unlikable character uh i would say he's one of the most likable character on this show I'm, i'm not just saying like you know i'm not defending i'm saying Fergus is great 
and does some weird stuff in the middle with, you know, daughter stuff and becomes like a weird, like parental, you know, paternalistic bad person all of a sudden. But outside of that, he's very funny and and I like his mustache and he's I like big his, and brawny. I like his big club. Yeah. It is a good club. He spends the entire beginning of the first episode we watched. Maybe was it this time or maybe last? I don't know. But he just complains about how how dull his swords are, and how he he's so mad about how dull his swords are. I think that was like episode two. Well, I, I it stuck with me because it's just like this. There, there is like crazy things going on, and the Bible is being written before his eyes, and the world is only as big as as Fergus's sword to Fergus, and then his daughter, do- and then his daughter. Look, I, I get what you're saying, but that whole, like, not just the incest thing, but, like, the strange, like, uh, like, the, the muddling of parental and sexual, uh, like, protectiveness. Yes, yes. Like, so- this, that, like, that whole thing, it was just so distasteful to me that I can't quite see Fergus the same way anymore. Yes. And, like, I agree. Like, he, he, he's got, uh, a lot of, sort of positive fun like character attributes but that really mm, he that messed it up for me the only good part of that episode is uh right when connor and fergus have uh sent away the screaming madman uh freaking out about his kids and have trusted the weird hippie man um connor and fergus look to the weird hippie man are like hey like we saved you you're welcome And the guy's like children children come forth and, like, little kids start sprouting out of the ground and, like, climbing down from trees and stuff. It is he's the like, most... Ga- he's like, gather the- gather around me, children. Look at our new friends. And Connor and Fergus look at each other and are just like, fuck. <laughs> it like, is the most we- forest moon of Endor shit I have ever seen. <laughs> we have done made a large mistake. Uh, like, can we go get the angry guy back, please? Yeah, the just the look on their get face. Get the real dad. Go find the real dad now. Is mm-hmm. is delightful. And that doesn't end the entire episode. It's like, ah, uh, we we made the wrong choice, but now we kind we made this bed, we kind of got to lay in it. Mm-hmm. This is bad. And then the kids try and murder the Connor people. <laughs> yeah, the little children, the little children do attempt to murder yeah. them. Who would have thought the like 70s cult dude was uh, secretly <laughs> training brainwashing his, children. His yeah. children to murder yeah i i i don't want to i don't want to dwell on on fergus too much i i just i i agree with you that the paternalistic nonsense was just like bad and that's uncomfortable i think as soon as he realized that molly was his daughter he kind of was just like backed off at least as far as the sex goes well yeah Um, but then his weird uh his weird sexual attraction to his daughter morphed into this strange possessiveness over her uh that's that's bad yeah like and like i mean i but what's what's awful and 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 you know i think this might go for like a lot of fathers who have that kind of paternalist instinct where it's just it is that though it is just the only way I know how to interact with a vagina is is sexually, and so I have to just put the lock down on all of this because I need to control it. Like I, it's gross and it's awful, and I just don't think it's like that far out of the bounds of like the way 
gross fathers have existed for forever. Oh no, I agree 100%. And that's why it's extra gross cuz yeah. it's like, wow, that's a like men consider this like after after he realized it was his daughter, his possessiveness was meant to be played for laughs. Like, aha, what right. dad hasn't done right. that? Oh, right. it's, the it, minute he realizes he's a dad, he's doing that dad thing. It's just very but, clear no woman touched that script. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, like, but it's it's bad. It's bad that it exists that way in society. Like, it is, yeah. like, this, uh, this aggressive, uh, like, misplaced sexuality, uh, paternalistic jealousy, like, absolutely exists in real life, and men really feel that way about their daughters and it's very strange even if they don't do it on purpose like it's it's something that we as a society need to not consider acceptable so yep yep um so yeah let's talk about because we haven't for the past couple minutes let's talk about what wasn't great about this show (laughs) yeah that was my i mean that was really all that was really the only bit that i uh like aggressively didn't like uh like andy said yeah. uh totally seemed to forget how to act in like the third episode here he, so episode six red boot yeah 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 he, he or the I'm, well the actor who plays yeah. it and like he only had like two lines but they were both like so flat like he, <laughs> yeah I, I mean tally totally took like a backseat these this whole chain of episodes which i was like Caitlin really stepped up yeah totally which was good because because cat we, we haven't heard much from catlin at all she was kind of a one-dimensional character and, and this really gave her some depth um but it's of course we have to do that at the expense of one of the other like you know minority characters in the show mm-hmm. um <clears throat> they did give fergus less screen time uh this uh in the sixth episode as well so yeah. to be fair he got he got shoved to the side a little bit uh for for catlin's yeah. character development yeah i missed him um uh the 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 weird sex schmeagle uh the yeah as far as i can tell the only gay characters were in like a very weird relationship and then uh sure. burned Burned alive by Jesus and chucked out a window. So were they meant to yeah. be gay? Like I, I definitely read them as intentionally queer. Uh, uh, like queer coded to some extent. Uh, but that's I mean, shows will commonly kind of queer code like weird villains without sort of consciously intending them to be gay. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, they. D- I agree. That's why we keep calling him the weird sex boy. Uh, I. When Longinus was going to murder him with his, like, wizard powers, and the historian was like, no, not him, please, uh, I was like, oh, the, the, they be fucking. Yeah, I, I, but, I picked up on that. Yeah, not great, not cool. No. Also, um, no, no, no gays would have those haircuts ever, I don't care no, what time not, period it yeah, is. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I like I I need if you haven't seen the like live action Trogdor uh like tr- movie trailer it no. is it's it's go look it up everybody it's rather dashing's haircut rather dashing is the main character in the Trogdor video game that that uh, the Homestar Runner folks made and uh the haircut that that is on this Roman guy as soon as I saw him I was like that's rather dashing 
that's that's a Homestar Runner character. They both, and I could both, I could see even like the 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 uh, pale bird person that I called him in my notes. Um, <laughs> the, the pale bird sex weird thing, um, man. Um, I I felt like that could have also been just like a Homestar Runner illustration gone bad. Um, it's like a hard boiled egg fucked Marilyn yeah. Manson. <laughs> yep. Gosh, oh, you know that's... who he looks like? He looks like uh, you know Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it looks like he had a weird child, but like yep. asexually. Yep. <laughs> that's fair. That's gross and fair. Um, the thing that bothered me most about these episodes, which is something that um we kind of talked about. In the first episode, or the first uh, episode of this uh, this run, on us discussing Roar, um, and just, it doesn't seem like it's showing any sign of stopping, is that all the girls want to be with Heath Ledger because, of course, but also no girl who likes Heath Ledger is allowed to leave the episode alive or without experiencing some level of trauma. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it it's when when. Fergus's daughter was like, I'm going to go out into the world. I was like, you you lived, so that's great. But you also had this like super traumatic experience with your Wait. biological father and your, you know, adoptive father, both of whom suck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it, it, it's more it's, it's so much like man pain, like especially with the the banshee, like dying in, in Heath Ledger's arms kind of thing. It's just like it's just, we don't need to do it. We don't need to have a romantic interest every episode. We certainly don't need to kill them every episode, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the it's the Xena formula. It's just glaringly awful when it's uh, like women constantly being like victimized because that falls mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. like grosser tropes than Xena did when her like boyfriends died. Yeah, yeah, still sucks yeah. for Xena, that- but uh, at least it wasn't a pa- like reflective of a pattern in society when it's yeah. Xena's boyfriend's yeah. dying. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only thing that was just like striking to me. This is a really small thing for me. Um when uh Mike Pence fucked Jack Skeleton through a uh a knife at Heath Ledger. Um uh-huh. and hit him like in the leg. Like, it's this little tiny, like, it's a needle. It's like a needle with a handle. Mm-hmm. Goes into Connor, the king, the destined king of the, of the Celts. Uh, Connor dropped like a sack of bricks. Like, it was the worst mm-hmm. pain he's ever felt. And it was like a little tiny baby needle. You didn't break your leg, my dude. You just, it's. And, and so, like, I think they were trying to show that, like, oh, this, you know, Vanilla Gogurt that <laughs> fucked an oil spill um, is threatening, but it was I was not convinced. Yeah, it was it was rather cheesy, uh, and like some most of the fighting's quite good. Some of it is 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 very cheesy, and that was that was glaringly cheesy to me. Connor in that moment was that gif of Peter Griffin like holding his knee, going like ah. <laughs> uh, uh, like that for like a yeah. minute and a half that was connor 
Speaking of bad fight scenes, the fight between Fergus and like scrawny Jesus, um, it was just like, this is a very one-sided fight to begin with. There's no way that this is going any other way but to the barbarian. It, it looked bad, and then Fergus like couldn't grab Molly's hand, but then like stood up in the stream he was in and just walked over to see that she had been off the cliff. It's like, why didn't you stand up and just grab her to begin with? Yeah, if they had given um, Hippie Jesus some like magic powers, maybe that fight would have would have been right. like more dramatic. But like, he's just like this malnourished, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. cult Green's leader, yeah. yeah, patchwork who, quilt boy, who like you can even say like, oh, like he's a survivalist. He's been out on the land a lot while, but like clearly we saw in the previous scene that he uses the kids to like do his fighting for him. Like, the mm-hmm. kids say, like, kill to live. It's like, oh, they've been, like, indoctrinated into this weird murder cult. He's not doing anything. He's not getting scrappy. Yeah, I, I assume that the reason it played out that way is just because that, that was the only, uh, like, location that they could afford to fly to. Like, that, yeah. that one waterfall, like, that was just, like, in, in the, the park near somebody's house. And so they were like, ah, oh, that's the only... Mm-hmm. That's the only waterfall we can film at, so we just got to kind of make it look like it's dangerous, you know? Have you... him li- have him lie down in the stream and like <laughs> he was bigger than the stream. He like no, he literally he like, dammed it up. Yeah, the the tribal leader who kills the banshee with his slow motion rising from the water and the nerf crossbow like duct taped <laughs> to his wrist. Uh, it was awful, and I loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. But it was it was so bad. It was yeah. glaringly bad. Yeah. Um, the so the start of the uh, Jesus episode, Doyle episode, when they do the whole thing where they're running through the woods and they do the Airbud moment. I was bummed that it was an Airbud moment because under my breath, as we are seeing this, this guy who is very clearly going to be like a Jesus analog. I was just whispering under my breath, wisdom of Solomon. Wisdom of Solomon. Wisdom of Solomon. Cut one of these kids in half. Heath Ledger. And they didn't do that. And so I was like, oh, that was a good opportunity. Squandered. So is that is that our uh is that our negatives? Is that our feelings yeah. on Roar? Not yeah, not too that's... many. Some some like big ones and some like societal like issues that I guess we shouldn't expect Heath Ledger to fix. Um, before we he's on 10 Things I Hate About You. But. We, we shouldn't expect 1997 to have fixed That's these true. issues. That's <laughs> true. Sure. Um, but all in all, I, I, I would say, I would say, I'll go ahead and start with me. Uh, hey, Ronnie, is the, is the whole show working for you? Yes, it is. This All six episodes, I'm excited about where they're going to go. I hope it keeps getting weirder. Um, if they're just like, out there hunting apocryphal books of the Bible, like I'm on board. Like let's do it. Um, but I'm I, I'm I don't even know if I can if I can uh, guess because I haven't been able to guess so far with how weird this show is. So I'm excited excited to see what's next. Apocryphals need to get off their asses and deal with this secret Jesus right? book. Yeah, come on, guys. Benito and that other guy, Chris Chris Sims. Yep. Yeah, it's working. Like, it's got some moments where I'm like, eh, but, like, overall, it's a fun, fun romp. Uh, it's 
it's been very entertaining to watch. I don't dread having to devote time to it in the evenings like some of the shows we've watched. Even some of the shows that were moderately good, I'm just like, oh, I don't feel like watching them. But this one is just like, it's light and it's sort of goofy and you don't have to like follow the plot so much from one episode to the next because there isn't much that follows through from one episode to the next. So it's a, a good, uh, good chilling around show. I, I like it. So yes, it's working for me. Andy. Hello, Ronald. Hey, how are you? I'm doing rather good. How are you? I'm good. How are these whole six episodes of Roar doing for you? We're halfway through Roar, and I already miss it. It Aww. is so good. I love it very much. It's a good, good Viking show. It's not about Vikings. It's a good, good <laughs> barbarian show. <laughs> There's a lot of roaring and yelling and hitting people with uh, blunt or sharp or piercing damage weapons, and I'm here for it. <laughs> You just wait. We're going to get Vikings before the end of this show. Oh, and then there's magic, too. There's casting damage as well. It's great. It's got all my favorite damage types. It's just just Gary Gygax, the TV show. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. It's very good. good. It's good. It's a good show. I like it. I'm a fan. What do we want to plug this week? I got something. Hit me with it. Um, I just started a new job today. Yeah, uh, I'm very Yay. excited about it, and the the reason I'm I'm plugging this is because it's I do a thing that our nerdy listeners might be interested in. Uh, I'm working for a company called North Star Games. Uh, we design tabletop games, and also we are making our first video game that's hopefully going to release in February. It's based on uh, a, a very very popular game called Evolution. So y'all should uh, follow North Star Games and North Star Digital on various social media platforms. Uh, it'll make me look good because my job is in marketing. So hey, 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 hey. Um, and also, I genuinely think that our listeners would be interested in all this nerd stuff that I'm doing because it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? What? Hold on a second. What? We got what? we got a we got iTunes reviews. Yay! How many? Oh shit. It looks like let me let me do some math here. I think we got two more. Oh boy. <gasps> two whole reviews. That's two whole reviews. What they, a blessed day this is. They listen two. to us. I love all of you. I love you so much. I would never say oh. anything bad about you. It is it is a good day. To be an ending pending family member. Oh, should I wow. should I rattle these off? Yeah. Uh the first one is uh the the title of the review uh is just a thumbs up. Fuck yeah. That's pretty cool. Thumbs up. It right is back. by it is by Lady Knee. <gasps> Lady and, Knee. And uh and it says I I I'm Sir Knee's fiance, and he asked me to do this. End of review. <laughs> oh, fuck yes. Yeah. The shield maiden so of ending pending. <laughs> I'll take it. The brave warrior knight who has fights alongside her fiance knight. And she's amazing. What a what a gallant warrior. Oh, yes. Fuck yeah. If Thank I could you. do art, uh, I could, I could like 
draw a fan art of them like defending us in battle with ending pending shields like fighting alongside we're, each other. we're just the three of us are draped like that statue of jesus over surname and lady <laughs> knee as they gallantly defend us yes oh how great a good review what i'm getting out of this is that uh sir knee really wants us to do the the dragon age episode. and has harassed his fiance yeah. into well done that as yeah. you sh- as you should everyone should everyone be harassing their fiance your significant other to write us a review for you let us do this for you so i i want to like back up a second to where you said that basically said that sir knee is kind of bankrolling this whole operation I want to read to you a review by Secret Cerny. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes! <laughs> which, which the title of the review is Not Cerny Using His Grandma's Phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm, go- I'm going to assume I'm going to assume that the, the author is very is very correct in saying it is not Cerny using his grandmom's <laughs> phone, but I'm going to assume it's still Cerny's grandma. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to read it as if it was if I was Cerny's grandma. Um, let me let me do a little uh, vocal vocal work here, a little a little foley. Um, what a tremendous bunch of sweet sweet boys! I enjoy our podcast friendship. This is nicer than anything my real life grandmom has said to me in years. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> so so thank you to uh, thank you. To, do you want you want to you want to indoctrinate? I, I mean, <laughs> secret Sir Nee. Is uh, like- Sir Nee is now a, a level level three fan. All y'all are lagging mm-hmm. behind. He's higher than level three. He's at least level five. He, okay, yeah, no, he yeah. has like written in and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's a yeah. oh he, level, he's up level there. five paladin, Sir Nee. I love you yeah. better than John, Sir Nee, and I'm not just saying that because Whoa. last time I saw him, he beat me at tabletop games. Although I heard Whoa. you did quite well Whoa. in Legion, uh, Sir Nee, and I'm proud of you. So yeah, we've got we've got the whole Nee family. Is this like is uh, so so is this? Hey, are we can, using the... can I can I talk to someone real quick, Ronnie? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah, sure. Yeah, Bill, uh, you mentioned to me that you've been listening religiously, and uh, I asked you why you hadn't left us an iTunes review yet, and you still haven't, and so I'm I'm going to publicly shame you over this the airwaves. This is a airwaves. call out post, Bill. Uh, stop being a coward and leave an iTunes review. Ooh. This is a call out post. I saw Bill Hennings with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've we've got Lady Knee, we've got Bizarro Sir Knee, Secret uh, Sir, the Secretist. Sir nee. He took one level in Rogue, so he could send that. <laughs> That's amazing. We're gonna dedicate the whole. We're gonna dedicate the Dragon Age episode slash episodes to Sir Knee. Uh, how, how many more do sure. we need? Just like two more to do Dragon Age. Yep. Yeah, we just need two more. We're so close, guys. Bill, mm. come on, Bill. 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 Leave a review, Bill. All right, I'm gonna. I want to exceed two more. <laughs> two more is two more is 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 you know, not enough. We got we got to go above and beyond, people. Let's really dole it out. Um, leave leave us a review so we can get drunk and talk about Dragon Age. I yes. can't wait. I can't wait. 
I want I want a real quick plug do do another shameless plug again for our our friends over at Lunar Light Studios. Uh, we we talked about the Good Boys Girls last time, uh, but you know, your boy uh, Ronnie found their musical theater podcast and has just been swimming in that a uh, good good musical theater history. Uh, their podcast is called Tin Pan Diddly Do. I want to guest it's, on it. It's up there. I want to guest and talk about yeah. Jesus Christ Superstar very badly. Mm-hmm. I, I want to guest on all of it and just say, do you remember when they did that song in that show? That was so cool. Yeah. Um, I, would, is, I would totally be that kind of This is how musical theater nerds are just all the time. Like, hey, remember in that show when they that sang. one part? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, they cast the TV version of Rent, and it's a good cast. I don't like Rent. Uh, I I was in it in uh, high school, so I I kind of uh, like. I have a I have a complex relationship with Rent because I liked it a lot growing up. Uh, but I've since realized the uh the problematic things in it and the problematic space it has inhabited in culture and stuff and the the sort of problematic attitudes of the people who wrote it and yeah so i like i still have an affection for it but it's it's just not quite the same anymore all right fine i'm sorry i brought up rent sorry ronnie no (laughs) i'm sorry no i'm not judging you for liking rent a lot of people like rent i liked rent i I mean mean, arguably I i still like rent but yeah I like revolutionary musical theater. I, I'm not living or dying on whether or not, like, you know, it was it was a big deal at the time. No, it uh, was. Yeah. And I think it did good things. Uh, sure. Maybe just not in the best ways. It wasn't, it, it did not have uh, the nuance that it could have had. But anyway. I would love, I would genuinely love to talk to y'all about that more. Yeah. some other time. Yeah, but yeah, not on the podcast. We're not Tin Pan Diddly Do or whatever. We're not Tin Pan Diddly Do. Diddly Diddly Diddly. Um, what a series of words. Yeah, what a great yeah. name. It, why wouldn't you want someone who can say your podcast name that well on your podcast? Sure. <laughs> Call us up. Uh, I just want to talk about studios. homoerotic Jesus. I want to talk about Sondheim until I'm blue in the face. Yeah. You know? Little uh, little night music, little uh, little I can get a little little mainstream, do a little Sweeney Todd, but for the most part, I want to do that that good, good, merrily we roll along. Mm, 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 mm. Assassins, yes, give it to me. <laughs> All right, we should we should wrap this up. Yeah, let's let's end this podcast. I don't yes. have anything to plug. There we go. Let's end it. Tell cool. everybody how much you love me. I love Evan. Smooches. Oh. We went pumpkin pack to the pumpkin patch, and it was <laughs> y'all were the pumpkin cutest. Pumpkin picking patch, and it was y'all were adorable. the cutest pumpkin pickers ever. We, we I did a corn maze on the gram. Spooky gays. Spooky gays. It's October, so we're spooky. Yeah, y'all limited edition spooky gays. To the Republicans, we're always spooky though. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna destroy your marriages. Oh, hey, by the way, Republicans, uh, I heard from a very reputable source that voting makes you gay, and I mean, it's reflected in the fact that I I voted and I, I'm I, gay. I voted and it, I became gay. Yeah, I was also turned gay by my mother getting trapped in a uh, water slide with me while she was pregnant. That's what did it. Yeah. 
But also the voting triggered it. Yeah, so water slides in voting. Yeah, voting voting makes you gay, so maybe you should consider not doing that. And, uh, you know, it's dangerous to your heterosexuality. And Democrats, hey, voting makes you gay, so better get on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty damn cool over here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Besides all the, like, mm. the discrimination and the fear. Yeah, but we can overcome that yeah. uh, when there's more of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. I'm just wondering how much of this end bit I'm kind of like leaving in, and how much, <laughs> how much I'm not. We'll see. All right, we'll see. we're going. We're going to bed. Feed the badgers in your closets and vote. De- vote Democrat, though. For the <laughs> yeah. love of God, vote Democrat. Yeah, we're not trying to tell bed. you what to do with your life, but vote Democrat. Please. We are definitely trying to tell yeah, you what no, to do uh, with your please, life. Please, Look, I'm not. Uh, I'm. Yeah, no, I'm trying to tell you. Please, please. Watch one Democrat. season TV shows and vote Democrat. That's all you got to yeah. do. All right, we love you. Goodbye. Evan dabbed again. It was adorable. <laughs> Firefly. We're, we're not doing it. <laughs> oh, that's a throwback. <laughs>